Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As always, life could be a little bit miserable, life could be a bit dark, so we're here to bring you some light and bring you a bit of joy. I'm Bradley, once again joined by the Uli Holmes Shoe. How you doing, Stu? Yeah, good to be off the streets, out of the cardboard boxes. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, moved into my new house, fantastic, which is why I'm on the this uh, tiny little headset that's the crappy sound, but... Uh, yeah, dulcet tones, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. Very happy. Yeah, it's not our fault the podcast shit this week. No. I don't know about all the other weeks, but yeah, this week it's it's technical. Or you can take no no blame for any of it. No, not at all. I blame my parents for my poor genetics uh, and being a bit of an idiot, but yeah, no, we're okay. Fair enough. Uh, so you're no longer in the streets? No. Oh, that's a shame. I, I, I liked your music. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I made a, cl- a clarification of saying in the streets rather than <laughs> on the streets. Yeah. If it, oh, I wonder where Brad might be going with this. <laughs> well, you're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it. Uh, I've got, yeah, I'm, I'm hot, man. Yeah. I am hot. Totally. Um, talking of hot, yeah. you know what else is hot? What's hot? Stolen video games. True. Have you, um, have you stolen many recently? Not recently, no. No, me um, neither. Did I ever tell you about the time I stole two Xbox games out of Tesco's accidentally but on purpose? No, I don't think you did. So, um, there was... Um, at the end of... like In one of the trolleys I got, um, I went in. It was a good number of years ago. They had like Grand Theft Auto 5 and I want to say like Battlefield 4, possibly. Yeah. Um, not in their security case, he's just left in a trolley. Um, so I took the trolley, um, done my shopping, and didn't pay for the games because they was already in the trolley. I just thought they was empty cases and I needed empty cases um, uh-huh. for like just to fill out uh, my shelf a little bit because I had a couple of cracked ones. So I thought, ah, you know what, I'll take those. <laughs> uh, I think just display cases. Got out, put them in, and both, yeah, uh, proper full games with discs and everything. <laughs> And of course, you took them straight back to the store and explained your mistake, didn't you? Uh, it's corporation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, too right. You know, I'm taking from one corporation to that. I mean, it could technically be all my fault that Tesco's have decided to go, do you know what? Sod it. We're going to go for profits over making sure people can afford to eat. It could all be that one incident where I accidentally found a couple of games that I thought were just like empty cases yeah. um, and stole them. Yeah. And now everyone lives in poverty and can't afford food. And it's all my fault. Yep. You're a typhoid Mary of that situation. The typhoid yes. Bradley, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Foot on butterfly effect that one time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back and end up in a wheelchair or, or something. That's all I got from that film. He tried to fix <laughs> his life and ended up in a wheelchair as a paraplegic. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's how it ended, though, because then he walked. Uh, but I can't they, he, he kind of pushed Amy Smart. And went, oh, I don't like you anymore. And they never met. And something, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> film. <laughs> bad film. Uh, any other films you want to like relate the plot of? Where were we? Uh, probably, what, relate the plot of badly, you mean? <laughs> well, I didn't want to say. I mean, I could try and go into Spider-Verse stuff, but <laughs> we'll be here. That's just be the whole podcast. Oh, don't, because uh, I'll, I'll have to go and watch it again if you say, if you start talking about that again. I really want. I've got to watch all three back to back when they're all available. Oh, over nice. and over and over and over and over. Nice. Uh, they're, they're Back to the Future. 
esque as well. They're going to be ones that if they're just on telly one day, you'll switch over and go, oh, it's two thirds of the way through. I'll just watch the last third. I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Uh, because, yeah, it's like Back to the Future. I don't care at what point you put on Back to the Future. Apart from number two, because you're like, oh, yeah, I like Back to the Future. Oh, he's gone back to the 50s again. Yeah. Oh, we've missed a good bit. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Back to the Future 2 either, to be honest. Uh, I love Back to the Future 2 as a whole, but it's like, looking back at it now, it's just going, yeah, but it's the future stuff I like. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go back to it. We've been to the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, I have uh, to watch those now. Anyway, yes, video games. Video now. games. This was a, this was we actually segued into video games and I somehow ended up on films. There you go. We did. Um, what have I been playing, Stu? That's just to make sure it is saving. So yes, what have you been playing, Bradley? I've been playing some RPG esque games this last week or so. Um, starting with what's like 2d hd but lacking a little bit of the hd what 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 would you call that it's not quite standard definition but it's not quite hd but it's definitely aping that 2d hd style yeah they they gave it a name you mean like triangle strategy that kind of thing but it's not even that because that's got that 2d hd thing it just looks like fuzzy like it's gone for yeah. they've seen the 2d hd stuff right and i haven't even got to the game yet but this is what this game is and it's kind of gone we've got to do the hdness to it right, right. it's really weird but anyway i've been playing ulterior shift um, okay and i was gonna make an ulterior motive joke but i can't think <laughs> of one um basically um your old jrpgs um See, I don't like to say JRPGs because it's like Steph Sturdy talked about how that's not the right, shouldn't be the right term. Uh, I'm playing RPG, like try want to get into some RPGs. And this is what this is. It's, a, it's an RPG adventure, 2.5D fantasy thing. That if you've played any of the 16-bit Final Fantasies, um, I can't think of some of the others because my mind's gone blank on what they're actually called. Uh, but you know all the 16-bit RPGs. Um, if you're a fan of them if you've played any of those this is pretty much that you kind of wander around do a bit of turn-based stuff um have some battles some kind of convoluted story is going on um of some description um and you get big bad monsters loads of different characters you're like i think your main character is called it's, it's, it's not very memorable the game is called pyra um, yeah, and does some fiery stuff from a spear. <laughs> you know, the original name and all that. <laughs> um, and like, there's a like a magician or someone who's really good with like magic spells and stuff called Sage. You know, they really thought about these names. Yeah. Um, and you basically you go around this giant map. You've got story unfolds, turn-based battles, um, and you can do like each character gets some like stuff they can do on the map, which is meant to be, I suppose, their um, their hook, so to speak. That it's not just another RPG. So you can do like you, as you go around the map, you kind of almost use Pokemon-style abilities to get through leaves and rocks and stuff like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's basically uh, what what sixteen bit RPGs have we played, and can we fit it into our game? And it's then you've got Ulterium Shift, um, and it's all right. It's about as much as I can muster muster up for it. It's yeah. fine, but everything it tries to be, I've played better. Um, so triangle strategy, it's better. Um, Pokemon, 
it better. Um, I want to say Grandia is that one of them. I think I played that once. It's yeah. better. Final Fantasy. It's better. Um, it's yeah. It's it's fine, but every game it apes on has done it better in their own way. And if you're big into it then I don't get what you'd get from this. If you're big into those games, I don't get what you get from this. And if you've never played an RPG before, it's still that bit too convoluted that I wouldn't even go, it's my first RPG. So it's not even a great Mm -hmm. onboarding one. So I don't know what market it's going for. Um, And I said the visuals, it looks like it's going for that Octopath Traveller style look to it but they forgot to just do any HD-ness to it, and it just doesn't quite look right. So it's got this 16-bit aesthetic, but going for this 2.5D, 2D HD thing that just doesn't all marry together, and it just it's really weird. Um, but it's not a bad game. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. It just doesn't do enough to make me go, oh, I really want to play more of this. I'm like six hours in giving it a go for the podcast, and I'm like, uh, uh, I'm done now. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? it? It's one of those that, like, if you get, like, one of our coffee cup games or whatever we call well, we really should write it down. Um, but if we get one cup of them... Cup of coffee game. Yeah, cup of coffee game. That's it. If we get one of them and, like, it's it's okay, then you kind of like, oh, yeah, fine. But with an RPG, which is, like, probably 30, 40 hours investment a time, yeah. It's got to be, be fair, it's only 16 it. quid. So, you know, it's the price-wise, yeah. it's it's not too bad. But it's the time. It, yeah, I, yeah, totally, but I get you. It's but, time, yeah, time though. Yeah. yeah, time investment, isn't it? Yeah, it's been turned into a bit of a stone-cold coffee with mouldy milk. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah, They can put that on the box if they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll love to do that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad... It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not anything I, 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 but I don't want to say like I'm insulting it either because you know sometimes you say the worst thing you can say about a game is that you've got not much to say about it um, completely yeah but it's obviously they put care and they care about this game and there's inspiration you know, all over the shop but it's just why you know there's bits I can do that I can do in Pokemon well play Pokemon because Pokemon does these bits better the turn-based battles, I'm sorry, I've had more fun in, like, the older Final Fantasy games and, like, the newer Octopath games. And, you know, they're often on, on, on sale for, like, 25 quid. And it's like, I can get those for a little bit more and I'm going to get more game out of it. Uh, I could probably buy games around that same sort of price that would bridge that gap. But, yeah, I'm just... I Yeah, I don't want to see the end. Um, and it's, like... it's. Not often. Like, I've played games before where I go, I think I'm done with it. I would like to see the end, but I think I'm done with it. So I might watch a YouTube video to catch the rest of the story or something or some of these games. This one, yeah. I don't think I could even care less. It's got branching storylines. And I'm like, I don't really care. Exactly. Um, that's, yeah. that's when yeah. you start thinking about that time investment and you're like, oh, sod that. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Um, and then I went back to play other stuff that I've been playing, which I'll touch on very briefly at the end of, of, of before we move on to like some mental health chat of the podcast and other stuff I've been really been playing. And I could rather do that. It's just, yeah, it's fine, but there's no way I could recommend it to anyone. No. Not yeah. even, I say, I could go to someone, oh, if you've never played an RPG, give this one a go. 
Yeah. Or if you've played them all, give this one a go. It just doesn't do anything, and that's a shame. It's not even got a memorable name as well. That no, that's yeah, it's a bit nothing, isn't it? I mean, I say that I couldn't remember the name of Grandia and some other 16-bit um, RPG, so don't take the memorable name stuff f- from me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I struggle to remember the name of some of the all-time classics, so <laughs> yeah. take take that as you will. But yes. Chrono Trigger, that's a good one. It's a great yeah, name. that's that's a good one. Yeah, cracking name. See, yeah, there are loads of good ones out there. Um, in fact, I might go. But I can't remember the last Chrono Trigger I've played. Did one of them recently get a bit of a remake? Yeah, I think so. Or re-release. I might give that a go. Yeah, uh, go for it. Uh, but what did get me on um, with this as well, I found out that the Panzer Dragoon remake got released on Steam, and you could get it for £1.74, so I picked that up. Oh, that's pretty good. I, there were some problems with controls with that one, but I, they might have ironed them out now. Apparently it's fine now. The older ah. recent reviews are positive, so... Cool. For £1.74, I don't care. No. Too <laughs> <See>, right. <laughs> Yeah, um, so but yeah, that's uh, what was it? Yeah, Panzer Dragoon's really good, but that was Ulterium Shift. Yep, uh, what you've been playing, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, like we've said before, you you know, you've got to be fair, and and saying when something's not great is also mm. fair, so you know, that's that's cool, but yes, no, I have not I been playing doing it. No, I don't either, <laughs> <laughs> especially with a smaller company, yeah, but um. Yeah, no, I've obviously not been playing a great deal as I've been moving out and getting up at like 5.30 in the morning, shifting boxes around for a week. But I managed to fit in like one game because I wanted to test out my new broadband, which is really, really, really fast uh, and cheaper than the stuff we were paying for before because BT doing their horrendous practice of putting the <laughs> prices up all the time. Um, and I did, so I downloaded... Uh, who have you 40... gone with, by the way? Who have I gone with? Talk Talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, nine nine. Well, theoretically, nine hundred megabits per second. Uh, the fastest download I've had at the moment is uh, fifty megabytes per second, which is pretty damn fast. That's about so... five hundred in it, ish. Well, you just multiply by eight, so it's well. Four, I do ten because it's easier. All right. <laughs> all right. Fair play. Let's <laughs> go. That'll do. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. You get to the point where those sort of speeds, it's close enough. Yeah, totally. So I have no complaints. And what I did was downloaded a 40 gig game in about 12 minutes, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And that game is Deus Ex Mankind Divided or whatever. I saw you playing that. Ah, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, it, it came up on notification, not stalking. Well, six of one, half of one of the other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been playing that. Um, and yeah, it works pretty well on deck. And it's it's one of those games that's um, really badly optimised for PC. Really badly optimised. It's just like notorious for being a resource hog, even though it doesn't actually look amazing. It looks nice, you know, it looks pleasant enough for however old it is. What is it, about eight years or more? Um, oh, I reckon 10 something. to 12 years now. Is it even that long? Jeez, man. Oh, it goes. Jeez. I'm just going to have a quick look. Yeah. Hopefully I can't spell juice X. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, it looks nice enough. Um, but it, you know, it, it's still a resource hog to this day, which means it's badly coded, unfortunately. Very CPU bound, you know, all that caper. Um, I thought of a good analogy for things that don't use you know, multiple cores and threads on, on CPUs. And that was like, it's like buying a horse uh, and like you like you develop your game so that um, 
it's like, oh, you need to have a really fast horse to ride. And it's like, well, actually, I haven't got a fast horse, but I've got a team of, of slow horses uh, and they can go way faster. And they're like, no, 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 we haven't got the harness for a load of horses. You just, you just have to use one horse. And that's what limiting your CPUs is like. Or something, I don't know. I'm very tired, Bradley. Very mm. tired. But <laughs> anyway. I don't, yeah, I, you lost me. Because I'm now trying to remember. Did you say Mankind Divided or Human Revolution? Mankind Divided. Oh, yeah. That, that's 2016. Sorry, I was getting confused with Human Revolution, which was 2013. Yeah, I'm, I'm never sure yeah. which one is the sequel. But I'm definitely Make I divided the, the one where they added in microtransactions, weren't it, when after right. the fact and made right. uh, Steph Sterling really angry. That's correct. Yes. But uh, yeah, so what's that? Eight years? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it looks eight years old, but it performs as if, you know, it's bloody cyberpunk because it takes up that many resources. Anyway, but I got it running decently enough on the deck. Got a 40 uh, frame lock, 40 frame second frame lock so i can't talk very well um and it yeah works very well when you when you limit it to that and looks pretty enough and uh yeah so far it's all right it's it's more of the same i've not really unlocked any of the better stuff to get on with The, the stealth has been a bit kind of weird because it's got some really nice bits and then like you come into a room that's full of enemies and it's Almost as if it's like, oh, I'm trying to pathfind so that I can take them all out stealthily, but I cannot find a way to do it. Um, and I think that's partly because I haven't got the augments to do it properly. But it's mm. a little bit frustrating because it's like, if you give a stealth option, you should design things around so that you can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'll compare it to uh, the not the Phantom Pain, but um, what was it called? The shorter version, the short one that came out before it. Ground Zero, Zeros? Ground Zeros, well done. Um, I remember yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ground Zeros is one of those where it's just so tightly designed. It's so excellent. You just this one compound, <clears throat> but there are loads of great kind of things that you can use, loads of variety, and, you know, just really well designed. And um, it doesn't really have that. Uh, and it's not because of the design of the levels. It's more to do with the number of enemies they chuck in and the speed of the enemies and things like that. But I'm not going to complain too much because, as I say, I'm not like all powered up or anything. But, you know, in terms of how it plays, it's fine. You know, it's. Mm. I think it was probably a bit overrated when it came out. I think, it, you know, it's no it's no classic and so far because it's, as I say, it's more of the same. It's kind of very much like a, an FPS with a lot of Metal Gear bolted onto it. So it's yeah. all right, but it's no Dishonored, which came out way before it. And, you know, it's okay. It's a six out, six out of ten game, basically. So I, I'm looking at the moment. Uh, also, do these count as retro yet? We're getting close, aren't we, where these games count as I retro? Always, uh, yeah, I mean, it, things have got a bit weird. I always used to say anything over ten years was, was retro, yeah. but, but generations last retro so long when now. We was on, like, PlayStation. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So it's kind of like what? It's so, got I tell you what yeah. I will say, it's it's design language and the sort of tropes are oh, feel old fa- <laughs> yeah, they feel old fashioned, even though it's only eight only in inverted commas eight years. That they do feel old to me. Yeah. Um yeah. so the, what I was getting at anyway with this, um the thingy version the digital deluxe version you can get for like five pound seventy from instant gaming. 
Yeah. Um, is it worth six quid if you're muddy? Oh, so far I'd say hold off. Um, yeah. I'm going to carry on with it. I'm inter- interested enough in it to carry on. Um, but I don't know. Because they're quite big as well. They're not like yeah. a 10-hour game. They're like 20, 25 hours. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, give me another week and I'll tell you whether it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, I'd like to hear more whether you can escape the microtransaction bullshit in it at this point. I think you can. I think it's all yeah. kind of... Yeah, I think it's all kind of... Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. Let me know your thoughts in a week or so. Uh, yeah. Because... I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued. I've got the other ones on Steam. I've got like the original Juice X, um, yeah, or D Sex. When I was a bit younger, you'd go, "Hurt D Sex." Um, <laughs> child, Stu. I'm a child. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed Human Revolution uh, when that first mm. came out. I think that's because it was fresh in you yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, but I never played Mankind Divided. Um, I don't think yeah. I've owned that on any system mm. um, so I'm, I'm tempted I'll, I'll see see sort of like what you think about it down the line because you'll play more than I probably would but if I can get a couple of hours enjoyment out of it then I don't mind paying like a five or six quid for it yeah um, so we'll see yeah be interested to see what you think of that okie dokie um, so next up from me um, do you know Skyrim Stu I do what if Skyrim but remade again by someone else don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Um, so I've been playing Testament, The Order of the High Human, um, okay. which you start it and you go, ah, it's a bit Skyrim-y. And then you play it a bit and you're like, ah, a bit more Skyrim-y. You play it a bit more. You go, ah, it's very Skyrim-y, isn't it? Um, and yeah, basically it's a... Uh, like you take you this like post-apocalyptic uh, fantasy world, and this, to be honest, like it's, as a starting point, it's like really, really interesting. You're getting chased by this like really sort of big, I want to say demonic. It's not really demonic. It's like big fantasy, glowing, evil giant thing chasing you down. You're like, oh, got to run away, but use my powers, and then lose your powers, and you get a sword and bows and stuff like that, uh, with which to fight and. Uh, but you could do like wall running and stuff. So it's like Skyrim, but with wall buggy uh, running in it. So didn't know you always needed that in your Skyrim. No. Um, and it's a bit Metroid Vaynery in some places as well. Uh, there's like really like dark fantasy areas. There's some like futuristic areas in it as well. It's weird. Um, it's like this. This it like. Ugh. When you see it, you kind of you get it described. You're like, there's no cohesion to this whatsoever. Like, you, you look at trailers, mate. You go, this what? How's this all fit together? And there's like this um, Hogwarts style stair changing lobby area theme from like where you know, like all like in the Hogwarts, like the Hogwarts films, the uh, Harry Potter films, where the stairs all change direction and stuff based yeah. on things or whatever. Yeah. Um, probably to keep the uh, transgender kids out or something. Kind of, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, it's kind of got a level like that in there. And then you go to like, part of it looked like it's been lifted from Titanfall, which is really weird to say, but it's mostly Skyrim-esque. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. It's a weird, weird action style game. 
like I say, it's very Skyrim, very fantasy, but it's futuristic in places. Um, it's a bit Metroid Vaynery in places. It's RPG leveling up to it because, of course, there's RPG leveling up to it because that's in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's weird. I don't know what, what what I think of it. I've been playing it on and off, and I can't. It, it makes me feel a little bit sick at times. I can't. I don't know if there's a weird head bubble to it or not, but it, it just makes me feel a bit nauseous playing it on the Steam Deck. Uh. Um, and so I can only play like about an hour a time of it before I'm like, oh no, I think I need to take a break. Mm. Um, and you kind of, it's got this like this. Um, like the story includes this I like faith based mechanic um that's part of the story that links into your powers to a degree um and it's you know what these dark fantasy stories are like Stu. they're so convoluted and unless you're really invested you're like what I mean I couldn't even tell you what Skyrim was about or the, any of the Elder Scrolls games all I know is you go out into a world and do missions for people and it's big um, that's all I know about those games. Whereas Fallout, yeah. I know that's a comment on, you know, the way our society's going and, you know, with the, like the nuclear fallout and this is what will happen with the world and the corruption starts again and everything. I get all that with Fallout. Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, uh, Dark Fantasy, <laughs> Orcs and stuff, innit? Um, and this, it, so it's got to be doing that, right? Because I don't get the story at all. I don't get the story at all. And But the game plays fine. It's fine. It's not Skyrim. Uh, it tries to, but it tries to differentiate itself from Skyrim in terms of playability by adding a bit more action, like adventure actiony type things in there, and a lot of backtracking, Metroidvania style things, but without it being boring to do. Like you're not going over to one side of the map and then going, "Oh, good, my next mission that I now get access to takes me all the way over there." It's kind of structured well. Um, yeah. But I don't know if I'm enjoying it, enjoying it, or I'm still just at that, oh, it's a bit scary me face, or not. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I think I stuck about 10 hours in total to it, and I don't feel I'm all like much of the way through. So it's got that side all very much. It's ticked those boxes. Um, and yeah, it visually looks okay. Runs well on the Steam Deck considering what it is and yeah it's fine it's yeah. fine fine okay yeah that's i think that's the uh like the theme of this week it's fine mm, it's fine it's all it'll right. do yeah. even your gamers eh, it's all right isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> passes the time I, I was, yeah i mean mine was really kind of because I've had a couple of goes at, at getting into it and never did. And I, th- that's partly because it's got this really, really long intro section, which is like mm. an extended kind of tutorial and it lasts about an hour and you don't even save, it doesn't even save properly all the way through it. And, you know, that's like really crap. But I was like, well, that means it's perfect for the deck because you can you can just put it to sleep if you want and, you know, you can pick it up put it down and you know good way to test out my broadband and it's kind of all of these things together you know and and i had to consciously put that on say, the box art yeah i know right juice <laughs> <laughs> x mankind divided it's a good way to test out my broadband <laughs> yeah high praise indeed uh, and yeah so it you know it, it kept me from shotgun king for for a few minutes so you know it's doing something but yeah yeah it's a funny one really and 
I don't know, yeah, this Testament thing, it looks like the sort of game, because just had a look at it, that would be great in VR. Like, yeah. it, it, there's quite a few VR games like this. Um, I think they've just gone, oh, we'll go either Orcs, you know, in first person, you know, you're in the world, fantasy world, or we'll go ultra sci-fi and you'll be in that kind of a world you know that they, those are the two main genres that you get in like vr Assassin's games Creed like. without the structure <laughs> right right yeah so it's just a bit yeah it looks all right but i don't know it doesn't really i don't know but i wasn't much of a skyrim fan so yeah. i i've played my i've probably played hours and hours and hours of skyrim but i don't think i've ever got that far into skyrim <laughs> yeah I think I've started it on about five different platforms, got a couple of hours, maybe maybe up to like 10 hours in each time and then forgot about it and they'd seen it get a re-release for the billionth time and gone, yeah. ah, God, let's get started again. Yeah. Um, right. So two things, because I'm just conscious of time, two fun things. Uh, one, watch some speedruns of Skyrim. We're speaking yeah. to the audience as much as yourself. Um, watch some speedruns because they're really good. They're like really interesting. How they min-max everything and use some glitches and things. It's, you know, get it, get us. A... How do you use glitches in a Bethesda game? There aren't, <laughs> there aren't any. It's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, watertight. Uh, so yeah, watch those because they're really good if you're into speedruns. The other thing was on a completely different note, you tasked me with finding out a, the most recent game that was released that would fit on a floppy disk. Did I? Do you remember that? No, no, you probably don't. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, you did. I wouldn't have remembered, but I stuck it down on the show notes a week in advance. Uh, and I've not done it, but that's not don't my fault. Don't tell me Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Skyrim. There's there's a, there's a, a Atari 8-bit version that you can play. Um no, I went. I, I haven't played anything. I haven't found out exactly how big the game is, but uh, it's not my fault. I went to buy it, and there was loads of trouble with their website, and I couldn't buy it. So it was Street Fighter Two on the Spectrum, but a brand new version, a brand new old version of Street Fighter Two for the Spectrum. Um, so I'm confident that will come in well under, you know, seven hundred and twenty kilobytes. Um, or, you know, it's like 1.2 or 1.3 on a high-density floppy, isn't it? Uh, see? All this valuable knowledge I've got from retro, retro tech. Um, but it will definitely fit on that. And that was released, right. I think, in March of this year. Very so, good. Yeah. So, unfortunately, didn't get to play it. But I'm pretty sure that's passed the test. Well done. Thank you. Excellent. Link, link to that in case anyone wants to try and find it and the website might work. Yeah. Yeah. Might do. Uh, but yeah, as a quick antithesis to all this, like the RPG stuff, uh, what I have been playing and enjoying, I'm not going to detail with it, just very quick to mention them. I've been playing motocross games, nice. um, MXGP 21 and Monster Energy Supercross 20. No, Motor, Motor Energy Supercross something, something, something 5. Um, and also, I found a Speedway game. That's actually pretty damn good. And I'll talk more about that next week because I want to give attention to it because I think it's from a single Polish developer because Speedway is massive in Poland. Um, uh, I'm guessing he's Polish as well by his name. And the fact is the default like team and league selections are Polish. Um, So that's just my guess. Um, But yeah, it's a really good Speedway game. But yeah, I've been really enjoying like motocross games um, and Speedway games and two wheelbase games. 
uh, on my Steam Deck, so I'll talk more about those next week, but they've been really fun. Marvellous. Um, oh, cool. But before we do wrap up, um, yes. we've not really spoke much about mental health the last few weeks. Um, on, 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 like, because we've all had various, well, we all, both of us have had various things going on, whether it's like Stu's moving, whether it's stuff that's been going on with me. Um, you know, we also think that just sometimes just chatting about games is a good way just to escape. So we do that. Uh, and we've always said that's part of it. But to come back on to mental health, um, just want to quickly chat about the, this week, very recent interview with footballer Deli Alley. Um, he done a sit-down interview with former footballer, now TV personality, Gary Neville, um, and spoke about his mental health struggles, um, his addiction to sleeping pills, the sexual abuse he suffered as a six-year-old, getting involved with um, like selling drugs um, at like eight years old, nine years old, I think it was, smoking at seven years old. And basically what a, a harrowing time he's really had, and which led to him becoming addicted to, 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 to sleeping pills. And like, I, it was such an emotional interview. Like you, you watch the interview and Gary Neville is in tears at times. Um, when when Deli Ali's talking, um, one bit which I, again this is my ADHD and I did go like bit inappropriate. Gary was when um, like Deli Ali's talking about the time he got molested. And he's struggling to get the words out. And he finally does it and breaks down a little bit. And Gary Neville, without invitation, goes and kind of touches him on the knee. It's kind of like I get what you're trying to do to comfort him. But if someone talks to you about time maybe they was molested, don't go and touch them without making sure that's okay. Yeah, um, that that kind. Of, I know what he meant by it, and there's nothing bad, and no one else think that, but I'm looking at that, my ADHD's going, don't do that. He's just told you he's been molested as a child. He might not be comfortable with the touching, Gary. Yeah. Um, but it's a really, really brave interview. Um, and the more manly men, um, so to speak, and sports personalities that can come out and talk about this stuff, the better. Because for so, so long, it's been decided that men can hide their mental health struggles, their emotions and what, you know, what they need to do to get through it. Whether, you know, you look at footballers in the past and when you've had like Tony Adams come out about his, um, his addiction to gambling and stuff like that, Paul Merson's addiction to, to drugs and like with, with cocaine and things. And you had other footballers like Bos Mark Bosnich was like caught with cocaine and everything. And it was an addiction problem. And around the time they did that, there was lots of mocking, from the out, you know, I joined in with some of the jokes. Don't get me wrong, I was naive and uh, uh, stuff like that. But there was a mocking culture over. Oh, look at look at Tony Adams or Paul Merson breaking down about their addiction issues. It's hilarious, um, uh, things like that. Whereas now, I think we are all starting to take it more seriously. Um, and you know, for someone like Deli Ali, who had the world at his feet. Um, as a footballer, he looked like he could be like a massive generational talent for, for like England and Spurs and things like that. And his career's kind of just fallen apart over the past year. So his addiction to sleeping pills is a massive part of that. And his mental health is a massive part of that. Um, to come out and speak so openly about it is... I, I hope it doesn't open the floodgates because I hate to think that people are suffering... But but I hope it does. I hope more people can just start to be honest about where they are. 
if they need, like, if a professional footballer or any professional sports person or anyone in any kind of situation goes, I'm struggling, I need to take a break from this thing I do, that they've got people around them, whether it's employers, friends, family, whatever, could go, that's fine. Uh, because yeah. if you're talking about financially being able to do it, someone like a footballer, if they're struggling mentally and have to take a break, they could take the financial hit and could actually use that time to show, look, this is why it's important to take these mental breaks, why it's important to look after yourself, because they haven't got to worry about the money side of it. And I'm hoping that can have a knock-on effect. But Deli Ali, so, so brave. Um, and I don't use brave very often because I think it's an overused word, especially in football. But what a brave person Deli Ali is to come out like he has. Yeah, yeah. That, I, funnily enough, I was going to say the exact same thing about the term brave. I think it, you know, it has been kind of overused a little bit, but it, it's certainly applicable here. I think it, it's crazy that, um, you know, however many years it is since um, Justin Fashionu, um what, 30 years, I think, when, like, when he came out, um, that footballers are still not really allowed to talk about their personal lives and personal struggles and things like that sports people in general not but particularly mask you know quote unquote masculine sports like that they have like toxic masculinity based around them and um you know i'm not saying that's all that football is comprised of but you know there's there's a lot of it kind of in the background as well um but yeah so uh, just an incredible thing to do really and and it's when people talk about having a platform to talk about these things how i envisage that is like building some scaffolding and like the pe the brave people who do that you can then use that scaffolding to get up to where you need to be so you can talk about it and it, them kind of planting that flag in the ground i know i'm mixing my analogies now but you know, then planting that flag so that you can do it or other people can do it, I think is incredibly selfless and mm. and brave. And because, I mean, you know, he doesn't really get any benefit out of this other than you know, perhaps some mental health relief of being able to talk about it finally. But really it's giving to other people. It's, it's as much about giving to other people as it is about, you know, um, you know giving to, to yourself, really. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I totally, you know, that that makes loads of sense. And it's, um, yeah, it's. I hope what it does, it allows more people from all walks of life, um, especially those who aren't in the public eye, to be able and you know, I know there was this campaign a couple of years back, like about talk to a mate or something like that, but it was still over masculine about it, yeah, um, and. It, it was very much uh, you can't always talk to a mate about your issues. Um, I get what it's trying to do, those sort of campaigns and stuff like that. But it, I often find it harder to talk to people I know and love and respect and stuff like that about my issues because you've then got to look them in the eye at some point. I can't because I'm blind, but you've um, <laughs> you've but you have you've got to be around them. You've got you've got to go. You kind of go. Are they going to be comfortable with it? You have those fears about you anyway. That's nothing to do with masculinity. It's one of those fears. It's like if I say to Lorraine, like, "Oh, this is how I'm really feeling at the moment." Is she going to feel that there's something wrong, or is she going to use that back at me at some point, or feel she can't say stuff to me because of that, etc., etc., etc.? 
So to speak to an acquaintance rather than a mate or a stranger or something like that can sometimes be better. And that's where it's better opening up. There's so many charities out there. Uh, you know, I could use this side to promote our, our Discord and stuff. I'm not going to, right? But you could look at the likes of the Samaritans and stuff like that. There's no shame in using those charities, going to speak to someone um, or using a forum, going on the internet and... and speaking there where you know, under a false identity when you've got to get something out i think we need to use these systems that we set up now for other things to help us to talk to communicate more and more about these things and not be ashamed about it because it becomes that test bed as well if you can go to some strangers behind a keyboard and go i've this last few months i've been really really struggling and and i, I, I won't lie you know like last week you know i really considered like ending my own life for example if you could do that to a stranger and you get a pos not a positive reaction but you get a, re a supportive reaction sorry from it that could then open the door more to being able to maybe speak to someone you know and care about about that same sort of thing because you get a slight idea of what of what might might come from it and i feel the footballers and everything um, sports personalities, they don't really get access to the blogs or the forums because all they might see on there, if they go for their interest, is abuse aimed at them for our shit they've done on a football pitch or or at Wimbledon or in the athletics or, or you know, oh, they've played a character someone don't like or something like that. And the abuse that comes with that just for being known could be a struggle. So they lose that outlet. So, again, it's why I think the bravery of Danny Ali, it could hopefully start to open up some of these channels for, for other people, whether you're famous, whether you're successful, whether you're living in a council house on benefits. It does not matter. We all suffer with these things. And just use whatever's out there. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, I guess, unless there's anything you want to add, I'll shut up now and give you the, the floor to either add or finish. Uh, yeah, no, I, I That's just agree. That's my pillow talk as well. <laughs> Dirty bugger. <laughs> um, oh, sure, you made me laugh. You can, uh, either, you can either add some more or you can finish on my chest. Your choice. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say something really mucky then, but I won't. But, <laughs> not after what we've just been talking about. Um, so, no, no, nothing more to add. No, I agree with you totally. I suppose the only other thing I'd say is, yeah, no, I, uh, what's great is if you can get more people talking and normalising talking about these things and you take away some of the stigma and take away the fear because, you know, I think, like, we we struggle in society, particularly ours in the UK, with talking about things like death and we talk mm. about um, struggle with talking about mental health issues because we think that it means that somebody's broken or if we you know we bring up the specter of of an issue that it will break their brain and the thing is is like when you go through the grieving process or you've got a mental health issue you've already had that breakage and you're already in the process of like living with the pain or mending the pain or having somebody help you mend the pain wherever you are in that kind of process Talking about it almost never, you know, re-breaks things. It, it doesn't. It helps through it. And, you know, obviously it has to be at the right time for you. Otherwise it could, you know, be like picking a scab, to use a horrible analogy. But, you know, it has to be the right time for you. But just having that ability to talk about it when you feel ready is really, really important. So that's, mm. yeah, that's all. Uh, but other than that, 
yes, hopefully uh, this was of some use. And as Brad alluded to, you know, join us on our Discord if you'd like to chat more about these sorts of things or anything at all. But, you know, like they said, it's very important to have an outlet uh, with people that you might not necessarily know talk about things. But other than that, you know, catch all our content on the socials. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.